Welcome to The Blitz. It's your host, Cody, a.k.a. C. Frank, and with me as always is Tom. Uh, this week on The Blitz Episode 5, we're going to be kind of recapping um, the MVP race so far and seeing kind of what we think going forward, uh, who's going to take it. So, uh, Tom, I'll uh, turn this to you right away. All right, so let's start off the night with the going through the top 10. And I also just want to make note, too, that this is basically as of the conclusion of Week 10, I believe um, the Chiefs and Chargers are the last game. So um, the Chiefs and Chargers have not played yet. But anyway, number one currently in the MVP race, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, Hurts. Number two, quarterback for the Bears, Mayfield. Number three, halfback for the Vikings, Baptista. Number four, quarterback for the Chiefs, Erickson. Number five, halfback for the Steelers, Lockhart. Number six, halfback for the Giants, LeBlanc. Number seven, halfback for the Cowboys, Chamberlain. Number eight, halfback for the Rams, Reynolds. Number nine, halfback for the Packers, Anthony. And surprisingly, or not so surprisingly, depending if you've been following stats a lot, number 10, outside linebacker for the Broncos, Justin Holland. Wow, a defensive player in the top 10. That's very rare to see. <clears throat> yeah, you don't normally see it. So first, we'll kind of uh, also, I'll recap the quarterback stats here. Just kind of, we're going to recap the quarterback stats, then the running back stats, and then we'll kind of talk about Justin Hollins a little bit. Um, so Hertz, through nine games, has 1,837 passing yards. Um, so he's not throwing it too many um, for too many yards per game at 204. Um, he has an 18 to 5 touchdown to interception ratio, which is really good. 77% completion percentage. But where he's doing damage is with the 763 rushing yards, within 8 yards per carry and 8 touchdowns. So he is definitely a dual threat, and he's really the only dual threat quarterback on the MVP race. The next quarterback in line is Mayfield. He's played nine games. He has 2,700 yards passing, a 29 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio, so better than Hurts, a 74% completion percentage, about 300 yards per game and an, a uh, 133 rating. And he only has 88 rushing yards, so really nothing of note there. And then Erickson, he's only played eight games, but he has 2,650 passing yards. So he's just behind Mayfield, and he's played one less game. He has 29 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio, so that's four less picks than Mayfield has thrown. He's completed 79% of his passes for 331 yards per game, and he has about 142.7 rating, and he has no rushing. He actually has negative rushing from what I'm assuming is all his kneel downs at the end of games. So, uh, <laughs> Definitely some pretty interesting quarterback stats. One thing, too, that I wanted to add with Hertz is his 763 rushing yards actually puts him 10th overall in the league in rushing wow. yards, which is which is wild, man. Wow. But 
<clears throat> yes. Anyway, let's uh, let's move to the halfbacks here. Uh, we'll start with Baptista for the Vikings. So he has nine games played so far. He has 1,150 rushing yards for an 8.4 yards per carry, which is awesome. 14 touchdowns, 127.8 yards per game, 11 broken tackles, zero fumbles, and 32 receiving yards. And I think Baptista has definitely become the clear number one back over there in Minnesota. But something to keep in mind, too, is these stats are with the committee that he does have. So... You know, like I said, Baptista is the guy, but he's given other guys carries too. So he's sharing it, and he's still the MVP in the in the with the lookout for the MVP. So that's nice. Uh, so the next we have Lockhart for the Steelers. He has nine games played, eleven hundred and twenty-seven rushing yards for seven point four yards per carry, thirteen touchdowns on the year, one hundred and twenty-five point eight yards. Yards per game with 16 broken tackles, zero fumbles, and 61 receiving yards. I think out of this list, Lockhart was the most surprising to me to be on here. Um, I, I I haven't really honestly been following his stats like too too closely before the year, but I didn't think he was having a spectacular season. So I, I am surprised to see uh, everything that he's got on here. So good for him. Uh, next, we have my halfback, LeBlanc, who has nine games played, 922 rushing yards for an 8.5 yards per carry, 17 touchdowns on the year, 120, oh, sorry, 102.4 yards per game, eight broken tackles with two fumbles, and 132 receiving yards. Uh, next up, we have the halfback for the Cowboys with Chamberlain. Nine games played, 1,145 rushing yards, 7.9 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns, 127.2 yards per game, 11 broken tackles, two fumbles, 87 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, so Chamberlain, as we all know, is, has in recent weeks started splitting carries with uh, Darrell Preston. So that's definitely been taken away from his yardage. And uh, we'll see how this goes for the rest of the year. I do know that he was way over the 35% limit, so expect to see a lot more Preston down the stretch. And we'll see where Chamberlain ends up once it's all said and done with. Uh, So next up, we have the halfback for the Rams, Reynolds. Nine games played, 1,029 rushing yards, 6.9 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns, 114.3 yards per game, four broken tackles, one fumble, 34 receiving yards, and one touchdown. And as we all know, he just got superstar development for the Rams, So, and he got joystick. So we'll see where he goes. He'll, He'll be... He'll be someone that I'm expecting to rise on, especially with how much Ura likes to run. So uh, that'll be interesting to follow down the stretch, see where he comes up with. And lastly for halfbacks, uh, Darrell Anthony for the Packers. Nine games played, 1,042 rushing yards, 8.6 yards per carry, nine touchdowns, 115.8 yards per game, eight broken tackles, zero fumbles, and 184 receiving yards. Uh, Anthony here is in a similar boat with uh, Chamberlain where they have the other halfback who's an X-Factor on their team who mostly gets a lot of the receiving work and he gets a decent amount of carries from the shotgun and stuff. So he splits a lot of looks there. So I'd be curious to see what his stats would look like as well if he was like the guy over there in, in Green Bay. 
And then last but certainly not least is Justin Hollins, the only defender on the list. He has nine games played. He has 46 tackles, three tackles for loss, 20 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and he leads the league by like four and a half sacks. So he is just a sack machine. He is on pace for roughly, you know, 36, 37 um, sacks for the year. Um, I think he has a chance, you know, to move up this MVP list. But just kind of knowing what the committee looks for, they just don't give MVP um, to a defender. But he is the clear-cut defensive player of the year. Um, So... For me, kind of like looking at this list, and then I'll pass this over to you, Tom, and get your input on this. Um, Kind of who I think is going to pull away in this. Um, So I really think like Hertz and Erickson are the guys at quarterback to look for to to maybe win this MVP. I think Mayfield um, just isn't doing quite enough, and that's not a knock on him. He's still on the list. Um, but Hertz just being the dual threat that he is and Erickson throwing for so many yards, 79% completion percentage. Um, and he doesn't really have to worry about, you know, a stat cap as a quarterback like these running backs do with um, their usage percent. So I really think I really think Erickson will probably be the guy that takes it. Um, but then if you kind of look at the running backs for me and just, you know, my opinion... Um, I don't think Anthony will do it. I don't think Reynolds will do it. I think Reynolds will move up. Um, but Anthony's splitting time. It'll be really hard for him um, to win it. Chamberlain, splitting time, really hard for him. Um, Baptiste, I think he's, you know, if he would keep this pace, I definitely could see, you know, him doing it. Um, but that's really tough, too, with the you know, 35% rule or whatever it is. So for me, um, I do think LeBlanc has a chance just because Tom with the Giants, um, he passes so much. He doesn't really have to worry about overusing LeBlanc. And LeBlanc leads, um, leads these running backs with 17 touchdowns. So if he can keep sticking it in the end zone, um, that'll really pay dividends. What do you think, Tom? Uh, for the most part, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Quarterback-wise, I 100% think that Erickson's the guy to watch. Uh, personally, I have him even higher than Hurts. I mean, what we've seen with Hurts with the dual threat is... I, I spoke about a couple a couple episodes ago. It's just something that we haven't seen this whole cycle. So it's, it's like uncharted territory. And I give him as much credit as possible for that. But... I, I personally give Erickson more credit. So J-Rod is, we all know how good J-Rod is over there. They have great receivers, but this is a guy that was a backup quarterback to Andrew Luck. Uh, I believe he was a rookie last year, so this should be his second year. And, man, he is just killing it. Like, 79% completion rate is awesome. 142.7 quarterback rating is one that really stands out to me. That's such a good rating. And he's, you know, he's a good bit higher than than the rest of the guys for quarterback rating. And and like we said too, like he's third right now or fourth right now. And this is with him not playing 
yep. this week yet. So like that'll he's even going to go higher, and I'm assuming he's going to have a good game. They they generally speaking, I feel like have the Chargers number, so he should have a good game. But I definitely think Erickson is the guy to watch out for the quarterback spot, halfback spot. I never bet against my own guy uh, <laughs> with, the, with the Blanc, so. I'd have to agree with you. I, I was killing with him in the, to start the season in the in this middle part. He's definitely slowed down 100%, but my passing game has been on point. Uh, the thing is with, with, with LeBlanc is that I'm not going to feed him. Like these other teams like 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 Cotton with the Vikings, like Baptista's going to get fed. Like the guy is going to eat no matter what. You know, Chamberlain, you know, he's going to split. Anthony's going to split. So, like, the other guy to me look at is Baptiste, like I said, because he's going to get fed. But, like, LeBlanc, like, if I'm not running well and if it's not there, I'm just going to pass it. So, like, he'll have games like he's had for the last couple weeks where he's just not really doing too much. But we'll see how that goes. I would love to see a side note, too, Justin Hollins rise up on that list a little bit, too, because it's just, as you said, it's such a quarterback and halfback award throughout this whole cycle. I believe, like, I think we've had more halfbacks than quarterbacks win. I think we've only had quarterback win once or twice, but it's been pretty much halfback every time. Which so it's just nice seeing a change of pace here with an outside linebacker on there. For sure, and with the Broncos, I believe only have they only have like two losses so far. Yep. Um, you know, they're kind of the big surprise this year. I really think if they go into the playoffs, um, you really, you know. You have to consider Justin Hollins as an MVP just because he's propelling that team defensively um, to a lot of wins. But uh, speaking of wins and losing, um, we're going to turn it over to Pickums. Um, and Tom, how uh, how did we do last round? So last week we had polar opposites. You did fantastic and I didn't. Ooh do as much so last week i had uh so actually for it was week eight so we're two two in-game weeks ago now okay i had green bay over new england which rev you're killing me man he had to give up the force win his hot spot wasn't working while he was on a little vacation there can't fault him but i can fault him uh my upset pick i had the raiders over jacksonville which they came through super clutch for me Shut out the Jags, beat them 44 nothing. So I did get that one right. As for you, you had your lock as Texans over the Colts, and the Texans handled them just fine, so you got that. You're upset you had the Rams over Seattle, and the Rams did win, so you got that. And your spread last week, I gave Denver plus three over San Francisco. You went with the points. Denver won outright, so you got that as well. So you got all three right last week. Three for uh, three. Three for three, yes, sir. So so the current standings right now is you have seven correct, and I have six correct. It will be picking for week 11 this week. Okay. Okay. And it's your uh, bonus week this week. It, it is. So I'll go ahead and start with my picks. For week 11, I have my lock as 49ers over Redskins. This one was kind of a tough pick for me. Um... You know, 49ers is good. King's very good over there. I just played him last week. We had a back-and-forth game the whole time, so I know the guy's good. And I hate picking against Washington because he's – I know he's good too. And 
I, he beat DK earlier in the year, and like he's he's won some big games. He's only four and five, so he's not doing awful. But to me, this was just the biggest one that stood out as as my lock for this week. So that's who I'm going with. Uh, as far as my upset, I'm gonna stay tried and true here. Took the Raiders last week. They did me solid. I'm taking them again. Going Raiders over the Chargers. Interesting, interesting. So I'll do I'll do my picks here. Um, my lock is Browns over Titans. Browns are playing good enough ball. Uh, the Titans are not playing very well. Um, this could get ugly quick. My upset is going to be the Ravens over the Patriots. When I play Bones, um, the games are usually pretty tight. I feel like he's pretty pretty good. I see he only has like one win over there. I'm very surprised. Um, but I think Patriots is inconsistent. This could be a very even game um, where the Ravens pull it out. And then it is your week um, to pick kind of against the spread um, for your bonus point this week. So we're going to go over to the game uh, Philly versus Indianapolis. Uh, the Colts are 0-9, okay? So this spread is going to be um, pretty drastic. So... This is something I came up with myself, so because Daddy Leagues isn't updated yet, so we'll kind of see. I'll kind of tell you my thought process here. Um, the Eagles right now are scoring 16 more points per game than they give up, while the Colts give up 22 more points per game than they score. Yeah, they're being outscored 22 points per game. So we'll meet in the middle. And we will say that the Eagles are favored by 19 points. Do you want to take the Colts in 19 points? Or do you want to take the Eagles? Hmm. 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 That is a tough one. Uh, so I was actually just looking at the Colts score. And the, uh, the, the least amount they've lost by this year is uh, 7 and then the next is 14. Most of their losses have been by double digits. So it's 19 points. Is that what you said, you said it was? 19, yep. Oh, man, this, is, this, one, this one's tough. Um, I am going to have to take the Eagles Ooh. for this one. I think that – I just think that Kylo is just so good – I think that he runs a very balanced offense where you just don't know what's going to come, especially with Hurts now. If this running back is going to get it, if Hurts is going to get it, if he's going to throw it. With how bad the Colts defense is, I don't think they're going to be able to handle it. And I also think Kylo is one of the best at adapting their defensive schemes to whatever the offense is giving them. And so far from Indy, it hasn't been too much. So I, I think Kylo's gonna I think he's gonna win by more than nineteen. So I'm taking I'm taking Kylo here. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> mark that down, and we will uh, we will check that next episode. It's it's a lot of points. It gets real uh, sketchy when it's that many. <laughs> it really does. Oh man, that was a good one. And then uh, to kind of uh, close out the show, our weekly blitz segment um this week was kind of um it was kind of difficult to pick who to blitz um there was a couple couple teams couple guys that we thought about um 
didn't really want to blitz anybody, you know, twice over. You know, it's only episode five. And then, you know, it's it's really hard to, like, find something bad every week. Um, but to me, this is, um, uh, this, this is very disappointing. So we're going to go over to Arizona this week, and we are blitzing the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals, um, you could blitz their passing game. You could blitz their, like, one and eight record. Um, we're, we're not blitzing that. I want to blitz their sack defense. It has been so awful. It's not the worst in the league, but it's bottom five <clears throat> with 17 over nine games. So, I mean, they're not even getting two sacks a game when, you know, Justin Hollins here has 20 and a half sacks by himself for the Broncos. Um, so it shows you what a dominant guy can do for a team. Arizona does not have a dominant guy. They have four guys with three sacks, and that's their team leaders. They have no dominant guy when they pay a Monty Tyson-like one. He has one tackle for loss, the three sacks, and this is all while the ink is still fresh on the mega deal he signed in the offseason. Um, I believe he came over from Dallas, and he's getting he's getting paid so much money. He's getting a hundred and thirty-one million over five, with forty-six and a half million guarantee. So he's making twenty-three and a half million this year, which is currently eight million per sack. That's that's so bad. And he's only going to get paid more next year and the year after if if we make it that far. And he's 1 in 8. So, you know, that all that money um there were some guys in free agency this year, you know, or he he maybe should have went not maybe. He should have went in a different direction. He sits at 1 in 8. He could have plugged, you know, two or three different holes. And I'm sure he could have found a lesser dude to get him three sacks. Um, with him being one and eight, he's already out of the playoffs in the NFC. And he's more likely to get the number one overall pick than probably win again. Um, so I guess you just have to, you know, we're kind of blitzing their decision making um, and just how they put that defense together over there because, you know, it's such a... Sacks can just turn the game. They can turn the tide for you. And they are not generating basically any. And uh, that's, to me, their biggest reason why they're 1-8. and eight. Yeah, so here's the thing. Here's what I think. I'm all for guys overpaying in free agency if they so choose to. It's your team, your decision, do what you want. If you got the money, you might as well spend it. There's, you can't really restructure contracts, so you can't really sit on money. Spend your money. But this guy has never really had a good season. I think he was the starting end for Dallas for a while. He never did anything. They ended up drafting another guy, traded for a couple guys. Here's the thing, man. You, you need pass rush, okay? Pass rush is key this Madden. There's been guys on the block, okay? 
Khalil Mack just got traded last season. Uh, what's his name? Um, Fletcher Cox got traded in the offseason this year. Uh, Dallas traded for the defensive tackle from the Texans with Agnew. There's been guys that are good that have been out there that, okay, maybe give up too much for them, but I would rather give up too much for a guy that I know is going to be good rather than paying someone probably honestly more than what these guys are getting paid and just taking a total flyer because he's out there in free agency. I love Juggs. He's a good guy. I've known him for a while. Whatever he's doing with the Cardinals has not been working, so he, I don't know, should have changed it up somewhere on the line, but he didn't make a trade. This is what he's stuck with, and this is obviously where we are right now. And just to kind of, I, I pulled this up because I wanted to look at it just a little bit closer. Um, kind of to single out Tyson just a little bit more. Um, you know, he gave him this huge deal, $131 million. The most sacks Tyson has ever had in a season is nine and a half. Oof. He paid a guy that his career high in sacks is nine and a half. Last year, he had four and a half. The year before, he had four. Year before that was his nine and a half. I don't know how many downs he played for Dallas. You know, he might have kind of got phased out, you know, in them four sack, four and a half sack years. But, I mean, he only has three this year, so he's about on that pace. Um... Cardinals, man, like, I hope you can, like, kind of put it together the rest of the year. Maybe Tyson, you know, hears this and he uh, he starts balling for you. Uh, I hope something changes for you. Um, but I think that's everything for this week. Uh, do you have any final remarks, Tom? Nope. I think we hit it all. All right, guys. Um, thank you for listening to us. We really, uh, we really love this Blitz podcast, and I hope you guys do too. Uh, make sure you're following us over on Twitter, um, interacting with us, and uh, let us know, you know, what you like about the show, what we can do better, and uh, just keep on listening. Thanks.